Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm so glad that you joined us here on this, what we call Resurrection Morning. And uh, as believers, this is a big day. I mean, our whole life really depended on this. We love the cross. It's beautiful. Why? Because Jesus was crucified and his blood started something brand new. It's called the new covenant. And what it did is it completely forgave us of all sin. This is an amazing way to live. Sometimes we think God is trying to hold sins against us, but he sent Jesus to die so his blood could be shed to eradicate sin. That's past, present, and future sin. There's only one thing we have to do. Believe. It's not jump through hoops. It's not perform at a certain level. Because how many know we couldn't be good enough anyway in and of ourselves? But it's because of Jesus. It's simply saying yes to Jesus. But that's just half the gospel. See, the other half is beautiful. It's called the resurrection. See, we're forgiven of all sin, but not only that, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we now can have brand new life in him. So those of us who have said yes to Jesus, to follow Jesus, guess what? We're brand new at the core. I call it a DNA swap. It's like God said, I'm making you brand new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a brand new creation. Why? So you're part of the family now. And we're his children. That's an amazing way to live. So that's what we celebrate today. And really, I should say this. We should celebrate this every single Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This resurrection means everything for our life. Amen. I want to look at a portion of scripture in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And just a little background. Just before this this preaching, this sermon of Peter, he was laying out on a rooftop and he had this vision from God. And God dropped this vision down and it was a bunch of animals and he said to, to Peter, go ahead and take and eat. Well, these animals were animals that according to Jewish law, they couldn't eat. And Peter was arguing with God, saying, God, I can't eat those animals. Those aren't part of the law. And God was trying to change his mind on something. He says, no, no, no. Don't call unclean what I've called clean. Now, at the very same time, miles and miles away, there's this guy named Cornelius. Now, he was a centurion for the Roman army, actually in the Italian guard. And at the same time, he was someone who worshiped God, who loved God, but he wasn't aware of this new way. And God spoke to him through an angel and said, send some servants to find this man, Peter. So this was all happening at the same time. This was really cool. So at this point, the servants find Peter. Peter follows them to Cornelius' house, and this is what he says. Starting with verse 34, Peter said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Say amen. Amen. Praise God. See, Peter got it. See, Peter was a Jewish boy. He grew up in Jewish tradition. He was born under the law. He lived by the law. He followed Jesus, who was born under the law, teacher of the law. And sometimes when we look in the in the New Testament, it actually that that little that dividing page between old and new should be moved somewhere after the gospels because Jesus still was operating in old covenant or old testament. So he was a teacher of the law, but a lot of times he would say things that were prophetic. It was something of a time to come after his death, burial, and resurrection, a new life, a new covenant. And Peter at that time, they they didn't associate with the Gentiles. They were the chosen ones, the Jews. Well, Peter realized something. Wait a second. This gospel, this good news is for everybody. 
So at this point, he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. He goes on in verse 37. He says, you know what happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Now, this is a big deal. He gets into the gospel message here. He says, they killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead. Say, oh my. Isn't that beautiful? And caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God has already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of living and of the dead. All the prophets testify, this is a big deal, about him, who? Jesus. That everyone who believes, remember I said earlier, it's just simply believing, in him, who? Jesus receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That's why we celebrate today. We celebrate what Jesus did for us. It's a beautiful thing to live in this new covenant, to live in a new way. And again, you might be here and say, yeah, I've heard this stuff before. Well, just hang on, hear a little bit more. You know, the cool thing about the gospel, it speaks for itself. I'm not one to to push stuff down people's throat. It's not about that. The gospel is good news, and it should always sound like good news. And I believe you're going to hear some good news today. So today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can have new resurrected life because of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, today we start a new series, Stuff Jesus Never Said. And as we go through this series, I believe we're going to see some things differently. If, if the stuff that Jesus never said is stuff you think he said, then you might be really surprised by what he really said. Did you catch that? Because I'm telling you what, there's, there's different versions of Jesus and his words traveling all through the world, all through pulpits and churches and people. And I'm not here to say that we know it all and have it all, but I know this. Everything should be seen through the lens of Jesus Christ. Everything should be seen through the lens of his grace and his love for humanity. If it's not, it becomes mean and judgmental, and it becomes, instead of good news, it becomes bad news. The good news is not bad news, it's good news all the time. So we're going to discuss this and talk about this today because, uh, well, and I should say not just today, but several weeks, so come on back if you'd like. And we're going to look at some different things that we think Jesus said and then look at the truth of what he really said. Now, how many are familiar with memes? Yeah, you all post them. Come on, come on. We post those memes, and, and social memes are kind of the rage now. Like, it's a picture that's real, maybe of an actor, actress, a person, a situation. It's something we might recognize. But then they put these little blurbs or these sayings on it, and they're usually meant to make you laugh, or maybe they have a political spin on them, or a different, you know, idea. It's usually satire. It's usually sarcasm, and they're usually really funny, aren't they? So all through this series, we're going to take memes of Jesus, and we're going to look at these. Check this one out here. This is for today. Here's Jesus. He's talking to some people, maybe his disciples, really intent, and he says this, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Say amen. Whoa, whoa, hold. Except sin and skipping church and not tithing. 
Now, the thing is, the ones laughing are those who go here because they know the difference between the good news and the gospel and religion and legalism because there's a big difference, right? It's a big chasm in between. But, but for some, yeah, that's a meme, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing can separate you from the love of God except... Now, maybe for you, it's not necessarily skipping church or not tithing, but what is the issue in your life where you think, well, there's no way I can be near to God. His love separates from me. He turns his back on me because there's something in my life that, man, I get right to that point and then it hinders me and he takes his love from me. I'm even speaking to people today who who aren't Christians or believers. We may think that God's love is far from you. But John 3.16, I think sometimes we miss the point. For God so loved the world. That's how it begins. It's because of his love. God loves us, sinner, saint, good, bad, exactly the same. And this is hard sometimes for us to fathom, especially those of us who have served God for a long time and as believers are like, wait, wait, he would love that crazy heathen as much as he loves me? Absolutely. See, true love is unconditional. There's no conditions. There's no strings attached. And so sometimes what we've done is we've churned out this idea in man-made religion that God's love functions at different levels depending on who you are, how you perform, how well you do. But the truth is God loves everybody just the same. So as we look into the stuff Jesus never said, I believe that we'll come face to face with the reality that God truly loves us, that he truly desires to have relationship with us. And let me add this, no strings attached. So this morning, as we get into this idea about God's love and how separation comes in, I want us to look at the truth. And the truth is this, that love never dies. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. I pray, Holy Spirit, that today this will be your words, your opinion, your love, your grace. We would see the truth about who you really are. No matter the picture we've had in the past, that today maybe it would change just a little bit and we would see things a little bit differently. We thank you for your love and your grace, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. So a few weeks ago, Kristen and I, we went out to eat with our sister-in-law. She'll come into town. She lives out of state. And she'll come in from out of town every so often. And a lot of times, she'll come in for work. And so she works during the week. But then she'll come and she'll spend some time with us over the weekend. Well, she came uh, just a few weeks ago and she visited. She came to Sunday morning service. Well, after service, we're like, hey, let's go out to lunch. We love to do that. Just hang, kind of catch up. Well, we, we go to one of, one of our favorite places in town. What we like to do, and they do this for us when we go to their place out of state, we don't go to chain restaurants. We try to find a local place that we enjoy, that we can show them. So we went to the Corner Bar and Grill. Anyone ever been there? The Corner Bar and Grill, awesome place. Justin and Elizabeth have done a great job, great menu, awesome place to be. So we go in there, and, and they, they get us a place prepared, and we sit down, and, and we start talking. We're dialoguing a little bit. And I look down, and I realize I didn't have my phone. <gasps> Come on, everybody. (gasps) Right? You don't have your phone. You ever done that? But then like two hours later, you're like, I'm so glad I forgot my phone today. So I'm like, I need my phone. So it's kind of drizzly out. It's not raining full, but it's drizzly. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run out real quick, grab my phone, come back in. So I get up. I run out the door, and I'm, I'm going down this area that has an awning to it, and I'm thinking I'm going to get as close as I can to the car, and then unlock it, jump out, grab my phone, and then go back in. No big deal, right? 
Only when I hit the unlock, I tried to open the door, it didn't open. I'm like, what is going on here? So I hit it again, and I hit it again, and I'm not hearing that thunk, thunk. You know what that is? Thunk, thunk. Like when the, the lock's open. I'm like, not hearing it. I want to hear the thunk, thunk. It's not working. So I try the other door, and I'm like, what is going on? And then I start thinking, oh my gosh, do we need to get a tow truck? Did the battery go bad? Did, did the key fob go bad? What is going on? So I go around to the other side, and I'm like, nothing. I, I want to hear the thump, thump. I really want to hear that sound. So I'm trying over and over, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do you do? They're in there just chilling. Hey, it's so great that you're here. And I'm out here getting wet, by the way. You know, when, you, when it's a little mist, it's not bad, but if it continues, now I'm getting soaked, I'm getting wet, I'm hungry, I'm on the verge of hangry. You've been there before? And I'm angry because my car won't open. I don't understand, so I'm hitting it. So finally, I'm like, you know what? See, in the newer cars, they have one area to get in. It's like on the, on the driver's door, they got one uh, area for a key, right? I'm like, I might as well go that route. So I click it open, I put it in and turn, and nothing happens. I'm freaking out at this point. I'm wet, I'm hungry, my phone's locked up, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm thinking, I can't even call anybody, maybe my wife, she'll let me use her phone possibly so I could call you know, AAA, because I can't get into my car. And so I'm like, Lord, what is going on? So I hit it again, and I hit it again, and I hit it one more time, and I was like, what is that? And I hit it again, and I heard, real soft. Now, do you know the difference when it's totally locked? It goes, dun dun. Now, if you hit it again and it's unlocked, it goes, Mm-mm. it's the little one. So I'm hearing like this little, Mm-mm, and I can't figure it out. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm doing this, and I'm trying to unlock, and I'm like, this is, okay, this is crazy. I'm hearing it, but it's not unlocked. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I heard, it was real quiet. Mm-mm. 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 Oh, there's my car. I couldn't even believe it. The exact same color and model of car. The only difference, I look back, I'm like, they're different rims. It wasn't my vehicle. It was someone else's. It was amazing. Like when I hit it, it opened. My car opened, (laughs) right? And I got my phone and as I got it, I thought, are the owners of this car anywhere near? (laughs) Are they looking out right now going, who's that freak trying to break into our car? Or as I'm doing this, do they see the lights going off behind me in my vehicle? And they're going, look at that idiot. He's trying to get the wrong car. We can all laugh at someone else, can't we? So I get my phone. I go back in. But you know what? I swear that was my car. It looked like my car. I mean, it was my car. It was black. It was a Buick. It was a lacrosse. I swore that was my car, but it wasn't working. See, sometimes in life, I think it's the same way. We look at things like Jesus and what he said, and we go, that's Jesus. I I know it's Jesus. I've seen this before. I've heard this. I grew up in church. I've heard these things. I know how Jesus is. That's got to be God. I see this. This this has got to be God. That's what I've been taught. That's what I've heard. That's what I've seen on television. That's what I've heard for years. That's got to be God. But what if? What if for some reason the real God was here, right beside you? The real Jesus was here, right beside you saying, oh, no, no, that's just a picture that was painted of me, but that's not really me. What if we were to turn around and see who Jesus really was? What if we were to turn around and see who God really was? Would it change our perspective to how life really can be lived? Would it change our perspective on Christianity? 
And so that's really what I want this series to do. I want it to change things for us, change our perspective. So rather than nothing can separate you from the love of God, except, and you put in the blank, what it is that you think. What about this? Love never dies. In fact, the Apostle Paul says something different in Romans. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 38, he says, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing. Now, I love the fact here that he says, I'm absolutely convinced. He says, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, I think Paul's trying to get a point across, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Do you hear what Paul's saying here? He's trying to to, to get across to us that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. So how did Jesus embrace us? Because he's saying nothing can get in between us and God because of the way that Jesus, the master, embraced us. So how did he embrace us? Well, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 17, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. I want you to catch something here. At salvation, at that moment that you say yes to Jesus and his sacrifice, yes to his blood, yes to the resurrection, what happens? He becomes united with you. Now, other versions say joined together. The word united or joined together in Greek is kalao. It means to glue together or to cement. Think about this. In the original language, you're saying you are cemented and glued together with Christ. All through the scriptures, we see we're in Christ, he's in us, we're in him, he's in us. See, we're one spirit with him. Because we're one spirit with him, God will never separate us from his love. This idea of cement is big. You know, we love to go camping every year. And last year we went and my son-in-law brought some Gorilla Glue. You remember that, Bianca? He brought Gorilla Glue. Now, the first application we used to this was we were playing uh, lawn jarts. How many remember that? You remember that? When I was a kid, I was at my grandpa's. I'd go in the backyard, and I'd throw them as high as I could. (laughs) That's really smart, right? But luckily, they never hit me in the eye. Well, the new ones, they're basically just little round, stubby, I don't know, and they put like this beanbag in them. Well, the very first throw we threw, it hit the ground and just busted the pieces. It busted apart. I'm like, wow, this is great. So Jeremy's like, hey, I got some Gorilla Glue. I'm like, hey, good for you. Nice story, you know. But you know what? That Gorilla Glue was amazing. He Gorilla Glued every single one, and they haven't come apart. A year later, we played with it just the other day. Did not come apart. Another time, we for my birthday, uh, it was my birthday, actually, and we went to Crystal Mountain, and we went on this alpine run, and I wiped out really bad. That's a story for another day. I've got scars to prove it. But when I wiped out, I had actually slipped a certain way, and I had, I had um, busted one of my sandals, brand new, brand new pair of sandals, ripped the, the, uh, the material right out of the sole of it, just completely obliterated. And Jeremy's like, hey, you want some Gorilla Glue? I'm like, yeah, we'll see if it works. It worked. I can still wear them right now. But I think about that. If we're cemented or glued to Christ, There's nothing pulling us apart. You know that the Bible says that nobody can snatch you out of his hand? It says that that you're saved as long as he lives. How many know he died once, but he rose again? He's not dying again, baby. 
So we're saved as long as he lives, he'll never die. So it's guaranteed, it's security. So how did he embrace us completely? He united himself to us. That's a big deal that God himself would unite himself to us. Why? Because he loves us. He desired relationship. The whole reason he created us was for relationship. Sure, man made a a bunch of dumb decisions and went a wrong way, but for thousands of years he pursued not to control, not to condemn, not to kill, but out of love to have relationship with us. It's a big deal. The Apostle Paul also said this in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. He says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So God has made the very first step in pouring out his love within our hearts because God always initiates. You hear this a lot, don't you, folks? God always initiates. We only need to respond. See, sometimes we get it mixed up. We're like, okay, Lord, thanks for saving me. Now I got work to do. What do you want me to do? And he's like, um, let me love you. Let me have relationship with you. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but I, I got to do stuff, man. I, I, I got to tell people about Jesus, and I got to go to church, and I got to read my Bible. I got to do all these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll do those things. But, but are you going to do them without me, or can we just have a relationship? I use this example a lot of my wife, Kristen, and I. We completely love each other. And, and at marriage, when I said I do, and she said I do too, it was 100% we gave ourselves to each other. Now, we've learned a lot along the way. But, you know, I would do things, and I still do things for her, not because it's always convenient, but because I love her. See, love is that motivator that gets you to do the things. So God's like, will you rest and abide in my love? And then you'll see all the other stuff play out. It's kind of like this automatic response. But sometimes we forget the first part. Will we let God love us? Or do we still think maybe, just maybe, he'll separate us from his love if, and we fill in the blank. God always initiates. We only need to respond. So now all we do is we receive it. I like the picture, like, here's his love. I just receive it. I immerse myself in it. I saturate in it. I trust, fall into it. See, the word faith, sometimes we made it real religious, but really it's just trust. Do we really, truly trust God? Do we trust that he really loves us? I think for some of us, it's like, I don't know, man. This week has been hell. You don't know what I thought, what I've done, how I've treated my kids, how I've treated my neighbors, my coworkers. I stole from work. I went back online and looked at the wrong things again. I drank too much. We get all these ideas about what we did instead of what he did already. It's done. See, I found in my own life the issues that I don't like anymore about myself, they seem to fall away when I concentrate on him and his love for me. And I realize that he'll never separate me from his love. To truly know his love is to know that your heavenly father can be trusted. One translation of the same uh, scripture says this, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that big? So he's promised to watch over you. He's promised to never leave you, to take care of you. So expect good things from him. See, God's love is our hope. I say this a lot, but it's truth. I, I know from my own life, is God's love is my fuel for life. It's how I get going. It's how I stay going. It's his love. Bottom line, love never dies. Love never dies. The writer of Hebrews, I said this earlier, he said that because Jesus lives forever, we are completely saved. Do you see how it all goes back to him, the initiator, and we simply respond? So here's a question you might ask. 
Okay, you say God loves me, but does God love me unconditionally? I mean, okay, so he never separates me from his love, but is there a point in time where he says, okay, uh, I'm not going to quite love you unconditionally anymore. I'm not going to totally bring it away, but there's certain levels. I love this portion of scripture when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. Some of you are familiar with this. So Jesus walks up, John the Baptist, he sees him and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was a big deal to a Jewish mind. We take away. No, that's something we do every year, year upon year, just to cover. No, no, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He sees him coming, and Jesus says, I need you to baptize me. And at first he's like, I'm not worthy. He says, no, John, I need you to baptize me. So John baptizes him. As he comes up out of the water, the heavens open, and God says this, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus had not yet begun ministry. Hadn't done a single miracle. Hadn't trained disciples. Hadn't taught amazing words of the new covenant and how life would be. Nothing. He was baptized. And the words of his father were, This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. That amazes me. What, what an example of God's love. See, God loves us for who we are without regard to our resume. He's not asking for a resume. This isn't a job. You're not joining an army. It's a family. And it's not about your resume. Now, for some of us, are like, I don't have a good resume anyway. That's great because you're accepted. Maybe we should talk for a minute to those who bring out their resume every so often or maybe too much. Look what I'm doing for the Lord. Man, I, I go to the soup kitchen, and, and I give tons of money in the offering plate, and I go to church, and I read my Bible, and I love people. I really love them. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. Read your Bible. Go to church. Give to people. Work at the soup kitchen. That's great. But the love you receive from God isn't because of the resume. Put the resume away. Sometimes I think the resume gets in the way. For years, I, would, I operated like that, trying to prove and perform for God, and I would fail every time. I'm like, God, but I really love you. He's like, I know you love me, but, but do you know I love you? Big difference. Perhaps you've heard that sinning will cause God to stop loving you. Guess what? It's not the truth. In fact, one pastor said this, your sin has more chance of extinguishing the sun than dimming your father's love for you. Your father really loves you. Say that God really loves me. He does. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. So really the question we must ask is not, will God stop loving me? But here's the question. Will I abide in his love? See, to abide means to rest. It means to live there. It means to just stay in that place where his love saturates you, you realize there's nothing you can do to make him turn his back on you, to leave you. You know, around this time of year, this isn't in my notes, but let me say this. We, we've heard the, the famous quotes when Jesus was on the cross. I love the quote, it is finished. What he's saying is, the old way's finished, it's all brand new. But there's another point where he says this, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we're like, wow. Poor Jesus, 
God turned us back on him. There, there's nothing. He couldn't look at sin. There was nothing he could do. And, and we don't understand the context of that, which makes me think, my gosh, is that, is that how a father is? Was Jesus just taking a beating in my place so the dad didn't get me? Did that really happen? But see, the Jewish ears who heard him say that would have clicked open and went, wait a minute. They knew their Bible. He was quoting the Psalms. And in the Psalms, it starts out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then word for word, it goes through prophecy of everything that Jesus did on the cross. Those who were in, 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 in listening distance would have heard that and went, my God, my God. They would have started to recite back what that Psalm was. And they would have looked up and went, it's him. It's the Messiah. See the difference? God didn't turn his back on his son. He was there the whole time. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. It's a big deal to understand the scriptures. So are we abiding? Will we rest in his love? It's all about remembering that the Father loves us unconditionally and that Jesus loves us the same way. I really believe it's living from the peace just really this place of peace, that's what we need, don't we? That nothing we do can make him love us any more or any less. He loves us completely because love never dies. Our final scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is referred to as the love chapter, and it talks about love, verses 4 through 8. It's a beautiful picture. Now, a lot of times I would read this and I would think, okay, okay, so I need to start. Let me just make a list of all the things of love and I'll start trying to be that way. But what I started to realize is that the Bible says that God is love. So I started reading that and putting God's name in there and going, wow, God is patient. God is kind. He's slow to anger. He doesn't hold things against me. And I started to see this whole different way of who God was. But what it says here in verses four and eight, it says, love never gives up. Love never dies. Did you catch that? Love never gives up. Love never dies. If you're here today and you say, you know, I, I don't even maybe know Jesus. Well, guess what? He's not giving up on you. He loves you. He doesn't expect you to clean up to a certain point and then say, okay, I'm good now. None of us were good enough. But he looks past that and says, listen, I've already made the way of salvation for you. Okay, but then once I do, what, what do I got to do? He says, let me love you. Yeah, but isn't there stuff to do? Don't I got to act differently? You will. Well, don't I got to be different and do different stuff? You will. But see, it's not forced. It's because he loves us. He loves us so much that you're like, when he says, hey, would you do this? You're like, yeah, God, I'll do that. Like, you know, husbands, when your wife says, will you take out the trash? And I'm like, yeah, Ethan. (laughs) But see, it's out of love that I get my son, Ethan, to take out the trash. Because I love my wife. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you because you first loved us. The Apostle John says that we love because you first loved us. We thank you that you are the initiator, and we're just responders. All through this life, you're always initiating love and grace and goodness. And even the the good works that we do, you said that you've put them inside us. Good works so that we will walk them out. Even the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians described as the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of me. It's, it's fruit and it's works that you work out because you worked it in. You cause our growth. We thank you for your love that it never dies. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just have a question.
If you're here today, and maybe you say, I'm not a follower of Jesus, I've never made that decision. It's real simple. For most of us here, especially in America, we've heard the story. But my question is this, do you believe that Jesus died on a cross? Do you believe that his blood was the forgiveness for your sin? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead after three days? If you believe those things and desire life with him, it's as simple as saying, I believe and I trust you. If you're here today and you say, you know, I've never made a decision. I've thought about those things, but yeah, I believe those things. Just quickly raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Anyone else? I see the hand. Anyone else? It's a real simple response. I see that hand. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person here who's raised their hand, every person here who has in their mind said yes to Jesus. Yes, I believe he died for me. Yes, I believe that you raised him from the dead. I thank you that they're saved. They trust you. They believe you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you promised to come and to seal the deal and live in us forever. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will lead and guide us in every situation through life. We're not in this alone, and you promised you would never leave us or never forsake us. We thank you for that. And I pray for all those here who are already believers, who maybe today saw a different aspect of who you are, who seen a different way of how you love, that it's not based on our performance or our effort. It's based simply on your love for humanity. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.